When you are down and out, how do you get up and go forward? Have you been prospecting for month on end, only to end up with one? Your past mistakes, habits, and limited belief prison your development? Or are you just kind of depressed about your current employment? There are many reasons to get down and start to get depressed about your situations. When you're down, do you know how to get back up in that right direction? Join us on Yes You Can podcast show. The new you start today, not tomorrow. Welcome ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another podcast show. This is your host Trevor Yermai Carter and we do have a very exciting guest today who's going to be telling us about technology, podcasting and how you can be part of the podcasting world, interviewing yourself and your guests and getting your products out there. Well James is definitely here today with a long track record and history of how you can be part of the podcast world. So before we start bringing him in, I'm going to give you a quick rundown of the background of our guest today. Very interesting background. And uh, James is obviously coming from a podcasting, broadcasting world. And he's traveled the world, I would say. He traveled all over to share his career in podcasting. He's met many experts in the industry. So uh, I'm going to let James come in and give us an, an idea of who he is and what he does. So welcome to the show, James. Thank you very much for having me, Trevor. I appreciate it. I'm glad you didn't sort of tell too much of my backstory because you said it's going to sound very exciting. And I thought it, it might not be that exciting to a lot of people, to be fair. <laughs> broadcast, is it, broadcast is exciting to us like radio geeks. I know you used to be on, on the radio in Sheffield. I used to be in the radio up in Newcastle when I was on, on national yeah. digital radio. But for those of us, we need, we need to be mindful those of us who are not broadcasters, broadcast background is not always so interesting. Us techie geeks, uh, we're, 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 we're an individual species, shall we, say, shall we say. Absolutely, absolutely. And James, man, when I look at your profile, it's a mouthful. It's like I've had a, a cake, I've had biscuits, <laughs> I've had everything. And my mouth is so full, I'm like, this guy never <laughs> stops. He's gone all over. But the yeah, key I've done, is, it's powerful. I've done, I've done a bit of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't say a stuff. I say a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting because because so my, my background was in was uh, from like two thousand and six. I, I sort of uh, I entered the world of broadcast PR, and I didn't really know, frankly, what broadcast PR was. It just sounded cool, and I was uh, prior to that, I've been a cabaret singer, traveling around um, Europe and traveling around the world and doing sort of gigs and stuff. When I did X Factor and got to judges' houses, and I realised I wasn't going to be the next Robbie Williams, so I was like, do you know what? I better jog on and do something different now. So broadcast PR was as close to sort of getting a sensible job as I could find, but still had sort of a hand in the broadcast space. So mm-hmm. I found myself very quickly in 2006, uh, you know, working with the likes of BMW, Nando's, Thomas Cook, Stella Artois, Xbox, um, you know, these massive global conglomerate brands. And frankly, I didn't really qualified to be in those rooms you know the whole uh, the uh, the ethos and the idea of be the dumbest person in the room mm-hmm. that was definitely me for a very long time but yeah. I learned a lot in those in those spaces and I very quickly became to I loved branding marketing PR social media I loved the idea that you could take a consumer give them a message and make them do an action I loved the sales aspect of it so I sort of learned all of that stuff from broadcast PR and then I sort of uh, I got headhunted to go and work for another broadcast PR agency 
Then I got headhunted to go and work for record labels. Then I ended up doing that for a little while. Then I bought some properties up in Sheffield around your neck of the woods because uh, I thought the music industry was a bit dodgy. So I was like, I better buy a couple of houses just in case. That sounds right. like a legit thing to do. So I did that. And then I ended up, yeah, sort of in this sort of like broadcast world. And then where I sort of, um, then I sort of went into property management and I had to sort of like more businesses. I, but I still had this, this like love of broadcast that, uh, and like an itch to scratch. And then podcasting sort of blew up. I started listening to them in 2012 and I just, and I just loved them. But in 2017, I actually started making my own podcast. I was like, oh, cool. This is kind of now I can run these businesses that I love. I could do a job that I love. And I can kind of have this like broadcast slash performance thing that I also love, but it all tied in together. And I, and I launched my first podcast in 2017, March 2017. I just had my first child. So I definitely didn't need like more stuff to be doing because I was already busy. I ran a, a property management company. We had 93 tenants across 21 houses. We were in control of about 10 million quid's worth of property. And I had a 10 week old baby and I was about to launch a podcast. <laughs> I was like, what am I doing here? But lucky I did because... Um, yeah, day, day one, there was Tim Ferriss was number one, I was number two, and Gary Vee was number three. And I was like, oh, that worked out quite well. And off the back of that, uh, I got people who were like, oh, could you help me launch a podcast? I was like, yeah, I don't see why not. And I've done a lot of stuff, Trevor, as you mentioned at the beginning, and it was a bit of a running joke for a while with my mates. It was almost a bit of a, not something to be ashamed of, but it was like, oh, Bertie doesn't stick to anything. He flip-flops, he'll do this that and the other you know I've been a greenkeeper and a holiday rep and a singer and I've done delivery driving and sold double glazing I've done I've done everything mm-hmm. um and I used to look at it as sort of like a yeah it wasn't like a um something I was ashamed of but I definitely wasn't proud of it but now I could so, sort of see it as being sort of like an entrepreneurial opportunist that's the way that I kind of look at it and podcasting just fell into that exact space where it enabled me to broadcast to perform and to run a business and since that point i've gone on to become the uk's leading expert in how to launch successful podcasts i've done 128 successful podcast launches now 85 to 90 percent of the people that i work with end up in the itunes top charts i've done thousands of episodes for millions of downloads and now i'm very lucky because you know lockdown is lockdown part two is here and the world's gone sideways but i still get to work at home in my little home office in the spare room see my two children, see my wife, spend a lot of time at home, make a lot of difference to clients and still yeah, run a business I absolutely love. So everything, you know, that whole thing of everything you've done brings you to where yeah. you are right now. Mm-hmm. I've heard that for years and years and I've thought, oh, that's a nice idea in theory. But now I am in that place. I'm, I'm very proud and honoured and privileged and humble to, to be able to say that. Right. Now, people going into podcast back in those days it was not well known it was very uh, up in the air and saying what on earth is podcasting and um for you james did you find it quite frightening going into something you weren't aware of because people tend to back off from it because the technical side of it no they don't understand how it's working etc was it something fearful for you or you were able to conquer that and say you know what grab the ball horn and i'm going straight for it do you know what? It's really interesting you mentioned the tech part of it specifically because that was the point where I nearly didn't go through with it. So I've been I've been around. I, I loved podcasting because like we were talking about, you, me and you've got a broadcast background. Once you've been in the broadcast space, you just love broadcasting. And podcasting popped up as this like new media. It was it was fresher than the radio. It was newer than the radio. It didn't have the the red tape like the radio has. It wasn't. You didn't have to adhere to Ofcom regulations. You didn't have to be doing the adverts every 15 minutes. It just seemed like fresh and cool and new. 
So I was like, oh, this could be something really cool. But again, I had procrastinated on it, to be fair, since so I started listening to him in 2012. Fell in love with him then. So it took me five years to, to pull the trigger. And then when I started to look into it in that March of 2017, once I'd made the decision, then I just forced myself very, very quickly because that's one of the things. Mm-hmm. And you know this as a, as a, a sort of an action-taking coach yourself the fear or the procrastination will stop people doing stuff. So my whole thing is how fast can I get something up and running? How fast can I take an action? How fast can I take a step towards without giving myself the opportunity to step back and to think about it? Because I had done it for a number of years, you know, I wanted to do a podcast for years, but when I committed and I made the decision, then I, made sure that I took action steps on a daily basis very, very quickly. So I started really studying how to launch a podcast in the February and in the March, I launched it. I knew that I needed a two week lead time. That's all I gave myself. I was like, right, put out the date, go. Mm-hmm. Right. And obviously, how did it, how did it feel to you when you heard your first podcasting out there, you hear yourself, you think, do I really sound like that? Because I find a lot of people get fearful of, oh my goodness, I'm going out to the world. I don't want to hear my voice. I don't want to hear myself. Any of those kind of scenarios came to your mind when your first podcasting went out there? It didn't with the podcast, but because I'd already been on the radio. So in 2010, I ended up, I got a, a, a radio gig as a DJ on a national radio station called Amazing Radio. So I remember on the, on the 10th of, the 10th of January, 2010, I heard my first pre-recorded advert go out on the airwaves. And that was definitely, because me and my mate, we were like, it was like proper old school. <laughs> we were at his mum and dad's house, around the kitchen. We were having a cup of coffee, listening to this advert, because it was like a, a trailer for this show. It's like a 10 minute trailer. Right. And it went at 10 a.m. on the 10th of uh, January, 2010. It was like 10, 10, 10, 10. It was just like, it was a real seminal moment. So yeah, I didn't have that first, like, oh my God, do I hear, do I sound like that? Because I'd already done a lot of broadcasting by that point. But um, for sure, the first time that I saw a podcast go live, I was like, God, this is really, this is really cool, isn't it? And I still get it now. Every single podcast, as I mentioned, I've worked on 128. Now, every time I see a client's podcast go live, I see the artwork go onto iTunes. I still get a buzz. I still get excited. Um, and this is an interesting point. You know, the, the thing that people often uh, sort of perceive as fear, I perceive as excitement. So, you know, like butterflies in your stomach, sweaty palms in your hands, your heart racing. That for me just personifies, right, something exciting is about to happen. Whereas you can look at the same emotions. It's all about the perception that you put on those emotions. As you'll know, as a coach, I know what could be like, I love speaking on stage. I, I've spoken in front of a thousand people at Les Brown live mm-hmm. in London. Les Brown, the world's best mm-hmm. yeah. motivational speaker to be like the guy for Les Brown. That's yeah. nerve wracking, but I just got excited. I just, I wanted to do it. But again, sweaty palms, heart racing, a real anxious energy. I just see that as excitement, but again, it's just the perception of it. But I do. Yeah. That, that's, that's one of the things that will, the, there's two things you've touched on both of them brilliantly that, that hold people back. Number one is the fear of the tech. Mm-hmm. And the number two is the fear of, do they really qualify to be the person giving the advice at, and, or, you know, they hate the sound of their own voice. So, so they kind of stop right. before they start. Right. Right. Absolutely. James. And obviously some of our listeners might be listening in, never even heard of podcasting, beginning to hear about podcasting, but here's an amazing story, ladies and gentlemen. Jane did not stop. He continued, he continued, and he progressed, and he broke through into many different industries. Now, Jane, I want to go on to your career a little bit more, because 
uh, when I look at your profile, obviously, it's tremendous achievement. And obviously, you said you're very proud of yourself. And I'm sure you have a right to feel that way. And this is to encourage some of our listeners. Um, potentials are there. It's having the right mindset and the attitude to take it further to where you want to. And I think, James, you're an example of that. So, James, obviously, podcasting started. And all of a sudden, the channel wave just split open, doors open. You end up going different directions. Give us a little bit more insight on that area uh, to your progress to where you are now. So, so this is a really interesting point because I never knew the direction it was going to go in. I just, and again, I sort of, I made the decision. That's the first step. And then I took a step on a daily basis and I just did one more thing and one more thing and one more thing. I think, you know, the journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. You hear all these like fancy Google quotes. They sound great in theory, but it's absolutely categorically. If you get your mindset in that area, I think that will help you more than anything else. Yes, you need a five and a 10 year big goal, blue sky thinking plan or an aspiration of what you want to do. You know, ultimately, I want this agency that I now run to be worth 10 million quid in the next five years and to sell it out to a bigger company or to keep it as a private company with 25 staff in London offices. That's my like big long-term goal and aspiration. But I literally just take a step of action every single day towards whatever's going to come next. So I launched my first podcast in 2017 in March, as I mentioned. A very good friend of mine then said, oh, I love your podcast. I heard your podcast. Do you think we could do a coaching podcast? I was like, right. oh, don't know really never done one before because i've never done anything other than my own but right. I, was like, I don't see why not let's let's give it a go so launched that podcast in june 2017 off the back of the first ever episode of that podcast going live got asked to go to south africa to give a keynote talk mm-hmm. at johannesburg's biggest casino alongside the winner of like the south african voice and all of the political parties turned yeah. up and there's tv cameras and there was press and all this sort of stuff off the back of doing that keynote Everyone in the UK then went, oh, you do keynote talks. Could you come and give keynote talks at our events? We're like, oh, okay. So we literally started a seven-figure coaching business and a six-figure branding agency mm-hmm. through that podcast. It was never, ever the intention. It wasn't even on my radar, frankly. And mm-hmm. um, I just thought, right, let's take that next one step. So that's what I'd say to your, to your listeners who are listening to this, Trevor. It's great to have the blue sky thinking five, 10-year plan. That's good. And you need to have that inspiration, that aspiration for sure. But then take a step. And take a step and then take a step. You know, today I've taken another step towards um, learning Facebook ads. You know, in a year's time when I've got a Facebook ads and I'm, and I'm pulling in, you know, a couple of thousand people to my new training course a month, then it will look like it was easy. But again, there's the incremental daily steps. That's the important part. You don't necessarily know where something's going to lead up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it end up going or lead you towards, but you just need to be willing. And that's the, that's the point you made earlier. It's the mindset of the willingness to, to take that step. And also, when you take the step, take it with the right tenacity and the right energy. I will always show up with a great energy and a great tenacity to want to take the right step. You know, today, for example, Facebook ads that I'm learning at the moment, I don't enjoy it in any way, shape or form. I, I can't stand it. Like it's boring, the tech behind it, pixels and targeting and there. I just I don't like it. But... I understand where it's going to get me if I understand it in the longer term. So I turn up with the energy of I'm excited to learn this stuff because it gets me a step towards my goal. So even though it's not my my flow state or not the thing that I love to do, I almost act like I love to do it because I know it's going to help me to do more of what I do love, if that makes sense. So I guess two points there. Have a good mindset towards it and take the action step that, you know, that the mindset delivers to you. And do it with the right energy and tenacity because you can do the you can do the right things in the wrong way and it still won't get you the outcome that you're chasing. Absolutely. And that takes me on to another question, James. I think most people were asking me, is it possible to make money in podcasting? 
that's a bizarre bit for most people. They're like, podcasting, um, is it possible? Now, from your experience, James, it's proven you can make a living being a podcast host. Mm. Now, to you, James, with your track record to our listeners, is it really possible, the myth out there that podcasting, you can make a living or not? Yeah, absolutely. It's a great question. I get this all the time because people ask me like loads of different questions around it, but really they want to know, can you make any cash? How much, how much money can you make? Yeah. And, and again, the example that I gave you there, you know, I, this time last year, I literally, I was running a seven figure coaching business. I'd stepped out of that because I didn't like my business partners anymore. That's a subject for another conversation, different podcast entirely. But I would, that was a seven figure business from a standing start with zero business acumen, had never had the intention to run a coaching business. That was it. Also ran a six-figure branding agency. I've also then gone, you know, I did my first ever six-figure year mm-hmm. because of, and I remember, and I, I'd say this sort of humbly, you know, I made 117,000 pounds a year. I'd never made that much money before in my life. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, I'm rich. Turns out <laughs> 117 grand, you're, you're not rich uh, by the time you account for tax right. and you account for all that kind of stuff. And then also your lifestyle costs go up in line with the money, like 117 grand, like slow your horses, big man. Right, you, right. You're actually not rich at all. You've, you've got a bit of cash, but you won't have it for very long if you carry yeah. on spending it the way that I was. Yeah. Um, but so you can you can make a lot of money. The thing the thing with podcasts, people think that, you know, well, I'll run some adverts on a podcast and make money. That That's realistically until you're getting tens of thousands of downloads a month. That's not going to make you a lot of money. The way you make your money with a podcast is kind of especially in like the world that I'm in, the world that you're in. It's almost you make it from auxiliary services. You make it people call it trickle down revenue or side revenue. So you're not going to make money, chances are, Trevor, hate to break this to you, via advertising or sponsorship on this podcast, unless you're getting thousands and thousands of downloads. You're not going to make any money doing it that way. However, you will get clients who buy into you. People have to buy into you before they will buy from you. This will be a way that you can warm your audience up, warm leads up, and people will buy your coaching services off the back of this podcast. You're going to make the money indirectly. And that's what I say to most people, there will be, you will make your money on podcasting from that auxiliary side service, not the actual podcast itself. I used to run a podcast that was getting 25,000 downloads a month. And we did it as an exa- as a test. We got approached by an advertising platform and said, hey, we'd like to take on your podcast and, and put it out to our sponsors and see how much money we can make. And again, as a podcast, I was like, well, I need to, a podcast coach and mentor. I need to understand how this stuff works. I didn't want to have advertising on the podcast because it was the podcast was about building my brand, which again, it got to a very successful six figures. But I was like, I need to understand it because it might be useful for some people. Mm-hmm. So bear in mind, podcast has made a seven figure coaching business, six figure branding agency. Now we turn on adverts, made $96 in adverts in three months. And I was like, <laughs> well, that tells you everything you need to know about how you make your money in podcasting. Right, right. Well, and this is what you mean by the power of podcasting. Um, obviously, you've walked the talk experience, you've seen it, opportunities have come your way. Now, probably people thinking, okay, I can make money, um, but the question is, what, what makes a podcast host? What type of character, personality should a host be before they even get on the radio? What qualities do they need, James? So the, the main thing I'd say on that one is you've got to be yourself. And that's a famous Oscar Wilde quote, you know, be yourself because everybody else is taken or something along those lines. But it's so true. You know, you look at who you are. What is it that you actually want to do? What you shouldn't do, for example, is go, well, I want to do a podcast that's going to make money. I guess, well, there's a business category. I guess businesses have got money. I should do a business podcast. If you've got no interest in business, don't do a business podcast. Mm-hmm. You can make money. You know, realistically, you could you could have an affiliate link in the in the show notes 
if you are into knitting, you could set up an Amazon affiliate account. You could send, send, send people to your page and you could get people to buy knitting products via an affiliate link and make a few quid on Amazon. That's how you can monetize the content. So the thing is, do a show that you want to do about a subject that you're passionate about and be yourself. That's, that's the advice that I take because I think otherwise you can be, again, sort of doing the, the right thing for the wrong reasons, if that makes sense. So my, my own show is called Building the Brand. I love brands. I love businesses. I love the mentality behind brands. I love hearing the backstories of people who are creating entrepreneurial businesses. Uh, I mentioned to you before we start recording, I've had like Rob Law MBE, the guy who invented the trunky suitcase has been a guest. Right. Um, I've interviewed Grant Cardone, Elena Cardone. I've interviewed Mr. Universe. I've interviewed Joseph Valente, the guy who won The Apprentice. I'm, I'm thoroughly interested in those stories. I could talk to those people for hours and hours and hours mm-hmm. if their right. PR people or their diaries allowed it. That's when you know that you're doing the right thing because you're passionate about it. There's this whole sort of uh, analogy of, you know, where your passion meets your profit. You want it to kind of cross over. I'm very fortunate. And I don't take it for, for granted in any way, shape or form that I get to make a living doing what I love. But equally, from a podcast perspective, start with doing something that you're entirely passionate about. Don't worry about the monetization model behind it to start with. Do something that's that you're passionate about and be yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, be yourself. Before you hit that record button, think about, right, what is it I'm trying to communicate here? What is it I'm trying to, if there's only, and, I, and I've got an example of what I do with podcast coaching clients, make them go through this branding document. But one of the most important parts of it is who's your ideal listener? So let's say, for example, I create this sort of imagined persona, this av- avatar listener, and it's you. So now before I hit the record button, I go, right, is Trevor going to enjoy this? How am I going to ask Trev- questions that Trevor's going to enjoy? How am I going to get something out of my guests that Trevor will resonate with? How can I educate, inform, and entertain? But the, the most important thing is to be yourself because, you know, you can p- – people don't buy into to, to fake niceties anymore. People people really buy into the authentic self. So just be yourself, I would say. Absolutely amazing. And, um, again, it goes back to the question being thrown at ourselves, James, and me. Some people are saying, oh, do I need to have a degree? <laughs> do I have to have a qualification? And, yeah, believe it. Hope, hope not because I haven't got any. <laughs> That's a question coming out. I'm like, okay. But then again, it's about education. It's about the education of podcasting, what's required. And that's where you come in, James, basically as my guest to show people you don't need no qualification. You don't need no degree. You can be yourself, have a hot topic, and you just put it out there with passion. So uh, also, James, I have two final questions because of something you said, and I'm, I'm sure our listeners can relate to this. Is it important to have podca- look at podcasting as a business or look at podcasting as a hobby? Oh, good question. It depends on what your outcome is. Um, you know, this, this is one of the things that when, I, when I, I'm an IPQA qualified performance coach, I remember the first session of the first day of co- coaching training, they talked about outcome thinking. And they said, you know, the thing that you want to get as a coach is you've got to remember what's the outcome. Keep people focused on the outcome. So, again, I'd, I'd kind of turn it back on to the listeners here and say, what is your outcome? Do you want to do something that educates you and that entertains you and informs you? Great. Or if you do you want it to become a business? I never started a podcast to be a business. I did it to raise my brand. And that's a very, they're very different things because people think a business and a brand are the same thing. They're not. So for example, my company, the Ultimate Podcast Group, most people don't know that I own a company called the Ultimate Podcast Group where we do podcast production and launches, et cetera, et cetera. 
people buy into James Burt, the brand, and then they come to me and then they work with my company. So I did it to raise my brand, not to start a business. But again, it depends on what people want to do it for. You know, there's um, massive, there's groups on Facebook. They've got thousands and thousands of people in these communities about podcasting. And, they, and the majority of them, I, I did a poll in there, actually, just to find out who this audience was. I think one of them had 45,000 people in a massive group. I said, you know, what are you doing a podcast for? Is it to build your brand? Is it to monetize? Is it to create awareness? Or is it for a hobby? And over half the people in there were doing it as a hobby. So there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with this. This was a message that I do want to get out as well. There's nothing wrong with doing it as a hobby. You know, people, you should have some downtime. I like going running. I like going to the gym when you're allowed to go. I like exercise and health and fitness. I like going for walks. I like spending time with my family. Those are my hobbies. I would not be a very nice, well-rounded individual if I didn't have that downtime. Equally, I see podcasting as my job because it is my job fundamentally. But it might be for someone listening to this, it might be the complete polar opposite. Maybe you're an accountant in the daytime, which puts the food on the table. But let's say maybe you're really into Minecraft computer games. Mm-hmm. Do a podcast because it serves your hobby. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. Again, outcome thinking. What is the outcome that you want? And don't get me wrong. People are like, well, I'd love to you know, make some money off my hobby. So could I start it as a hobby and make some money from it? Yeah, of course you could. But again, there's two different skill sets with it. Like, for example, I would never, in the majority of cases, in fact, no, I don't think I've ever done it. I've never worked with somebody and trained them on how to launch a podcast for a hobby. Because mm-hmm. I charged, you know, a decent sum of money to work with me as a coach. Mm-hmm. So you're, no, you're never going to get that return of investment unless you're willing to spend £1,500 on your hobby. Right. Don't get me wrong, some hobbies require expensive equipment. That's right. fine. But the majority, all, uh, n- every single one of my clients has been doing this to build their brand, which ultimately will build their business. Right, right. Now let's go on to a bit about your coaching because um, the kind of people who come to you, the kind of uh, courses that you provide, where are your clients coming from? In ter- are they worldwide or are they from just UK uh, coming onto your coaching program? Mainly UK, but they are worldwide, which I'm really, yeah, again, it's one of those things where I say it. I don't want to sound like an idiot, but I'm like, yeah, they've got worldwide clients, but I have, you know, I've got guys out in uh, America. I've done a lot of stuff in Europe. Um, Cyprus, Sweden, but yeah, the, the majority of people are are UK based. And again, it, just to sort of back up my point a minute ago, I've had a lot. You know, the majority of my clients have been generated via word of mouth. Um, you know, I, I mentioned earlier, I do this Facebook ads thing because I'm great at building brands. I'm I'm shocking at standard, straight up paid for marketing. I just it's not a sector that I understand. So I, I've literally all of my clients have come via word of mouth, which is great. But it also means that I'm missing out a huge potential chunk of the market of people who don't know about me or don't know a friend of a friend or a client of a client, if that makes sense. So, um, yeah, mainly UK based, but they are global. But again, then people have been coming to me like I had a guy reach out to me in the States and he's like, hey, man, I've been listening to your po-. He'd been listening to my podcast. He's like, I've, I've already got a podcast up and running, but I know that I'm not making the most of it. Can I jump onto your training? And I said, well, you can but it's mainly for people getting launched with a podcast. So I get that, but I still want to do it because I I love the stuff you're doing. So he paid, you know, 500 quid. He already had a podcast up and running. He had five, he paid 500 quid to be part of this training package, even though, you know, one fifth of it was relevant to an existing podcast, which for me was mad, but he's like, I've just bought into you. So again, it just shows that your brand for your business is so important. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, based on the kind of audience, are they professionals, young people, women, or what What kind of target market are coming to you? Uh, it's slightly more male biased, um, but not, uh, yeah, probably 60, 40 men. 
uh, tend to be probably 30 to 55 and they're all professionals right, or, right. or they or they are seeking to raise their brand. So I worked with coaches, PTs, experts, anyone who makes their money in the expert economy. So I work with a lot of coaches, a lot of mentors, a lot of experts. Right. Uh, just started to do some joint venture stuff. So Natasha Hamilton, who used to be an Atomic Kitten, um, so she's sold you know 10 million records over 20 years. I've just started working with her for her podcast. But again, that's building her brand for the other business stuff that she does. I work with social media influencers. So basically people who make their money in what I call the expert economy is kind right. of where we've like niched down. Because there's lots of different types of podcasting. You know, there's like you'll know this as a podcast yourself, you know, there's true crime, there's interviews, yeah. there's solo stuff. So yeah. we've we've kind of niched down into the entrepreneur a business owner space, really. Right, right. Now, James, here's the interesting thing. Um, we're seeing the tremendous shifting of podcasting from the time you started and I started. It's gone way over the roof now. Um, everybody jumping on board. And what's interesting, you've got the high street brands who are now coming on board, mm. which I would say started, what, two, three years ago. Mark and Spencer's Boots, etc. cetera. Uh, they're coming on now and they're realizing their spending of marketing has reduced and it's all gone on to podcasting, which mm. has got them far more traffic, far more audience to their brand. Now, from your experience, um, James, where is podcast going to be in the next five to 10 years? Where do you see it going? Oh, great question. Who, who knows? I mean, just in the last 18 months alone, we'll keep it sort of UK specific because I'm guessing the majority of the audience who listen to this are going to be UK based. So just in the last 18 months alone, the audience numbers for podcasts has jumped up by 24%. Mm-hmm. So there was 2018, there was 6 million people listening on a weekly basis. There's now 7.1 million people, but they estimate, they reckon that might get over 10 million this year because of COVID lockdown, et cetera. Uh, the money in podcasting has been doubling pretty much every year. So it's going to be a billion dollar industry. I thought it was going to hit a billion dollars this year, but it looks like it's going to be February 2021. Mm-hmm. So there's the reason why for, for brands, and I talk about this in one of my training sessions, actually, is it's so powerful for brands. And that's why they're now mm-hmm. switching on to it, because you're talking to an, a, a predominantly what they call an ABC one demographic. So these people tend to be more highly educated. They've got disposable income and they've got good household salaries. So that's from a marketing perspective, they are kind of the, the sort of audience you want to reach because they've got that disposable income to buy your stuff fundamentally. Um, you People who say that they are a podcast fan will listen to seven hours of podcast a week. They will listen to a show on a daily basis. And also because it's long form content as well. You know, people listen between anything between, you know, the shortest podcast is one minute and the longest podcast is Joe Rogan. who does like four and a half hours. Right. So you can talk to an audience for a very long period of time. And in terms of, building up um for people to to buy from you i mentioned this earlier they have to buy into you before they will buy from you the process of buying from you they have to walk through no like and trust right. they have to know who you are they have to like what you're all about and they have to trust that you're the right person to give their money to that that whole no like and trust is happening consistently on every single every single purchase that you make and you might think well hang on a second if i just go to costa coffee yeah well you know about them so you're purchasing or you like their coffees, you're purchasing, or you trust that the coffee's good, so you're purchasing. So that's the same process that people have to go through. Podcasting, because you can talk to people for, you know, up to seven times a week for up to four and a half hours, depending on how long your podcast is going to be, that no like, and trust process is massively accelerated through podcasting. So that's why it's so powerful for brands. And they're only really just starting to scratch the surface with it. It's really exciting. All right. So technically, James, podcasting is here to stay. 
hundred oh, percent. I think podcasting, and, and this is backed up by the guys at Spotify. So Spotify has been spending a fortune, like hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars buying up podcast-based brands. Mm-hmm. And the uh, I think it's the vice president of Spotify mm-hmm. came out in a press conference a couple of months ago and said Spotify is going to do to audio what Netflix did to TV. And I think oh. that shows you where we're where we're going. You know, people are used to like on demand now. They're used to, you know, back in the day when me and you were on the radio, they would tune in for you would be on between you know, drive time between four and seven. And yeah. people have to like you know, have to tune in at the right time to listen to you. And they'd have to put up with the adverts, they'd have to put up with the songs that they didn't really like because they liked the banter, or maybe they liked a particular feature that you used to don't do. Or maybe they just like the news part of it, but they'd put up with the music and the adverts. You don't have to do that anymore. You can have what you want when you want it. So we live in this on-demand, 24-7, 365, constantly in-controlled world. You don't need to consume content that you don't want anymore, which is why podcasting is, uh, again, mega powerful, because it's so niche that I can go, right, I like business podcasts, but I like management business management sounds about as boring as you can get there is a business management category right, if i was right. into you know fingerless crochet knitting i bet there's a podcast for that out there so it's it's yeah it's definitely it's definitely here to stay and there's only one way it's going and that's up all right um and i tell you i've got so many questions and i'm hearing this and i'm like man how many more questions do i give james because it's so powerful because some of our listeners are coming from a hobby side some of them are from a business side. Now, one final question. I think we need to go more into the business side of things is obviously the lockdown, people are losing their jobs. They're not getting customers to their business, especially the local businesses. So, Jane, from your experience, um, how can podcasting help people's businesses now, particularly in the lockdown? What difference can it make in terms of traffic and marketing to get to their service? Well, it's, it's an amazingly powerful medium. 56% of people when surveyed last year said they would click a link when instructed to do so by the show host. So you think 56% of people, if you said, thanks for listening to this podcast, let's say, you know, Sheffield, the Sheffield Coffee Sessions podcast, or whatever, if you're a local coffee shop in, in Sheffield, you could talk to other local Sheffield business owners, or you could do your content about whatever subject you wanted to, to be about. Arabica beans or how to get the milk just perfect and frothy and blah blah blah. 56% of people will click a link when told to do so in those show notes as opposed to 4% online. Mm. So let's say, for example, if me and you were doing this recording and it was on Facebook, if I say click the link in the show notes, click the link below, 4% of people will do it. If I'd say the same thing, the same call to action, click the link in the show notes, 56% of people will take it. So it's an amazingly powerful call to action medium. It's also, I got asked the other day, I did, a, I did a, a seminar thing and like an online training for the Great British Entrepreneur Awards and BT. And, and the first question was, what's the business case for doing a podcast? I said, it's quite simple. The audience is growing. Therefore, your clients, customers and fans are already listening to podcasts. If you're not there, somebody else is. Mm-hmm. So I'd say for, for businesses, again, find what's your unique proposition you know this has got to be an extension of the brand that you already have so again you don't want to become something that you're not you want to find a way of turning your you know even let again i'll go back to the accountancy uh, analogy accountancy is about as boring a subject as you can get and you know accountants are generally quite well recognized for being a bit dull and boring and i can say that because my uh, my dad was an accountant so <laughs> i can say that with without disrespecting accountants right. um but fundamentally there will be aspects of the accountancy practice that could add massive value to other people. And this is the thing, right? As a business, how can you add value 
to the listening audience because then again that whole no like and trust process buying into you before they buy from you that will be accelerated because people are as you mentioned trevor everyone's losing well i say everyone lots of people are losing jobs lots of businesses are folding we're living in very very uncertain times so if you can lead with value if you can give something of value to your listening audience you become a trusted expert by this this sort of demographic of people right. so i would say if you're a business find a way to get a podcast happening you can do one for free you know you can you can literally record your podcast on anchor via your mobile phone it gets syndicated to you know itunes and spotify and google podcast for free would i suggest to do that as an expert no because you know you there's a, a lack of control there some really dodgy terms and conditions as well within anchor but that's a subject for another conversation but you can get it up and running for free for nothing so do it find your point of difference what are you trying to say who are you trying to talk to what value are you going to give to that listener and go and go and just do it go and do it right right absolutely and the market can't be any better than now for businesses to get involved in the podcasting world because that's where everything is going now online so ladies and gentlemen wow what a powerful insight from our guest james he's given us so much tips and insight as to how you whether the hobby or business can be involved and get your podcasting out there. So we're encouraging you, get your podcasting out there. You'll be very surprised how quick the information you're giving out there, people worldwide will be listening to it. James, what can I say? It's been an honor to have you. And uh, before we end, do you have a website, a phone number that people can contact you? Yeah, best best place to find me is if you go to Ultimate Podcast, if you search Ultimate Podcast Group, on uh, you know on Google or whatever, I pop up all over those places. So yeah, go there. Or if you are, if you're an Instagram user, at James Burt B U R T T official, and find me there. All right, thank you very much indeed, James. So ladies and gentlemen, you've heard it. Uh, now it's your part to play. Get involved. Get in touch with James. Get your podcasting up, and you never know. You could be the next guest on my show. Who's got a very specialist podcast show? And uh, thank you very much indeed, James. And I wish you all the best in what you are doing. And hopefully we'll be hearing more about you. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you. And thank you for James. Thank you for listening.